Hello, good morning and welcome to NFL Only Better back after a two-week break. Happy New Year. Hope the Christmas was great. I am joined by John Balf. John, good morning. Happy New Year. Good morning, Karen. Happy New Year. And by Mike Carlson. Uh, Mike, another year. Hey, fair play another to you. Another year. Another year, another year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both of you look yeah, okay. I, I know. I just I know woke up. I just woke up to the new year. <laughs> Let me have one more drink of coffee and then I'll be able to face you it. Great. You look great. I know both of you might be worried that the Epstein list is coming out at some point today. John, I know yeah. you're... <laughs> I'm going to call this episode like something like John Balfe on the end. And then for SEO purposes, if anyone ever Googles your name, if anyone ever Googles your name, up it'll come. I can't hire this guy. Um, we haven't been on for two weeks. John- yeah, I sorry, John's Mike. got his Leinster, his Leinster shirt on after mm-hmm. after New Year's Day. That's great. Yeah, you know you got to represent in the in the rough and the smooth, Mike. You know, so it can't oh, always go your way. They had over seventy percent territory in that game, and I've yeah, saw the yeah. stats. But they crucially insane. scored less points than Ulster, which was that interesting. Is, that that's is, that is <laughs> that's quite the thing to do. We've been off for two weeks. Lots has happened during that period. Want to give an update on the odds. The Super Bowl winner. San Francisco 49ers are now your favourites. 2-1. to 10-3 about the Ravens. The Dallas Cowboys, everyone's favourite. 8-1. to one. The Buffalo Bills, 9-1, to one, who can still not make the playoffs. Kansas City Chiefs, 9-1. to one. Eagles are 10s. Uh, 14s bar. Big drop on the Eagles there. Not too surprising, I suppose. But the Dolphins, after getting a bit of a shellacking, uh, also uh, taking a walk in the market. Detroit Lions have took a walk in the market as well. As for your AFC and NFC conference winner, well, to the betting, it's already been wrapped up because the Ravens are 5-4, to four, the Bills are 4s, the Kansas City Chiefs are 4s, the Dolphins are 6s, and you can have what you like on the rest, really. The 49ers are very much the favourites for the NFC, 8-11, to 11, the Cowboys 7-2, to two, the, the Eagles 11-2, to two, the Lions are 8s, and once again, mate, have what you want on anyone else. Basically, um, when we go through that, you would say that the uh, it's Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins on the AFC side, it's 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, and maybe the Lions on the NFC side. And after that, there's no one getting near this Super Bowl. You know what? You'd you'd expect this out of me, I suppose. But I would I would if you're t- if you're throwing in and maybe the Lions, I'd throw in and maybe the Browns in the AFC as well. You know, they're on a bit of a hot streak, four four wins in a row. Quarterback, look, he's playing well. The, the defense obviously is very, very good too. I think they're uh, the hope that kills you, John. They're uh, they're a good dark horse in that division. Eighteen to one to win the AFC. I mean, that's I think that's pretty pretty damn good to be honest with you. Okay, okay, Mike, you surprised by any of those prices? I assume not. Not really. Well, I'm, I'm not really, but I mean, I, the price on Baltimore is probably because they have a tougher time potentially in the AFC playoffs than than San Francisco is likely to have. But, you know, right now I think Baltimore is making a strong case for being the best team in the league, um, you know, coming off coming off big wins in successive weeks against contender, well, against San Francisco and Miami. So, you know, that that's that's hard to do. I agree with John. I think Cleveland is a sneak is a kind of sneaky bet. Um defense is playing really well. Offense, offense lags behind, but Flacco has given them that big. They've turned into a passing team, and Flacco is, you know, has made that the kind of team that can connect two or three big plays a game and and keep the keep themselves in a low scoring game as long as their defense, you know, continues to play really well. Um, one thing to note, um, well, a couple of things to note, uh, but we'll start with this: <laughs> six teams this weekend have a a win and in scenario. 
they are the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Jags, the Colts, the Texans, and the Bills. Just to let you know, there are a couple of teams that may sit starters in Week 18 due to the fact that they're pretty much locked in. The Rams, uh, only place they can finish is a six or a seven seed, six or seven seed, excuse me. So they might sit. The Browns are locked in as the five seed. The Chiefs are locked in as the three seeds. The Ravens are locked in as number one seed in the AFC. The Lions, three seed at worst, and they would need a bit to go up to two. And the 49ers are locked in as number one seed in the NFC. I'm not saying they will, Mike, but I'm just saying that that is something to look out for. Yeah, and it's it's really hard right now to pr- to predict what's going to happen. I mean, teams don't give up per se uh, in in week 18, but you know, I would not be surprised for example for Philadelphia to start playing um Gabbard at uh, uh, quarterback and um and give her some a week's rest before the playoffs start because realistically apart from home field advantage which is something worth playing for in most instances going to the fifth seed and playing Tampa is potentially actually a better matchup for them than than staying in the two seed and playing maybe Green Bay um who are coming off probably their best game of the season uh against Minnesota this this past mm. week so you know it, it's really it makes this weekend a, a difficult one um to figure out and and the real the real strangest one actually is buffalo and miami at the very end of the week because it could be by that time that buffalo themselves are playing winning in um i mean well they do have to win but you know it it might be yeah no they could miss the playoffs yeah insane they they could could it all starts with a jacksonville loss and that that creates havoc in the rest of the in the rest of the playoff thing so i think you know in a sense jacksonville tennessee is one of the key games of the week yeah and i mean the buffalo bills are nine to one to win the super bowl and they could be out Come yeah, Monday, yeah. Tuesday morning, John. We yeah, spoke about this a little bit um, in our in our WhatsApp group kind of thing. This is where the Epstein joke came from, by the way, because John is obsessed with it, a little bit obsessed with it. Um, as if he's something to hide. Um, <laughs> but um, there's a lot that could happen this weekend. But very much starting with your team, the Browns. Would you mm-hmm. expect people to sit the game out? I mean, they're locked in. Yeah, I, I would expect them. To, uh, I mean, I, I would be surprised if Joe Flacco plays. I'd be surprised if Miles Garrett gets more than you know a quarter or a, a few series in the game and things like that as well. They're like you said at the top here, and they're locked into five. So win or lose, they're going to be in that position. Um, most likely playing. Well, whoever wins that division, it could be the Jags or it could be the the Colts or it could be the Texans. It's going to be one of those teams that they play. Um, but yeah, they're. It's a it's a curious position because they're on they're on a hot streak at the moment. I think everybody would agree that. But you kind of want to keep that going a little bit as well. Do you want to if you pull back too many people, you lose a bit of momentum, and therefore that might hurt you when you actually hit the wild card weekend. So I think they'll have to make a couple of of, of decisions ahead of that game. But I wouldn't expect them to make wholesale changes uh, to the starters in that game. Maybe get them going in the first half and then withdraw everybody in the second half. It'll be something like that, but. I do think that they will be really, really chasing a win in that game just to keep that going. And that would be five in a row and it'll put them in great stead for uh, for their second trip to the playoffs in God knows how long. Yeah. Um, I think, we'll I think go to the when game, you look I... around Yeah, when you look around the league, you'll see that you know teams that are basically in are going to rest injured players for sure. The the yeah. guys who would make the effort to play are not going to be out are not going to be out there playing. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, just one one final note on, on all the all the players being dropped. And like, I suppose this is one of those volatile weeks that we kind of have to warn people to uh, maybe 
delay making your making your calls until a little bit later in the week until you see who is playing and who is not playing because that'll that'll become obviously more clear as the, as we get towards Sunday for well for the Sunday games of course but a lot of these things are kind of already in my opinion kind of baked into some of the odds that in, in this week so definitely so yeah so if you if you spot it again it looks good don't necessarily think that is that is those odds are are done considering it to be the the uh, the starting team sometimes we all kind of know that you know Perhaps, for example, that Lamar Jackson won't play would be who's his backup? Tyler Huntley. It'll probably be Tyler Huntley against the Steelers and stuff. So you keep that in mind. No. Mike, before we do the games, uh, I, I must bring up the Detroit Lions Dallas Cowboys game because it really was the talk of the NFL for, for, for quite a while. Um, I mean, we've seen bad refereeing calls in the past, but this one really struck a nerve, I think, because there is a discrepancy between what the referees are saying and what the players of the Detroit Lions and their head coach is saying, which is rarely happens i suppose but this has been a season where we've seen a lot of bad refereeing calls um and i'm not counting the kansas city one because he was you know offside but obviously the after part they said that they checked which we've seen happen multiple times i mentioned the washington guy but this one was really egregious i felt in that he even threw the flag late you know like people were almost leaving the stadium when he threw the flag um what did they, uh, not to get too bogged into it, but like, what did they do to, to fix this problem? Because no. they came out and said that he hadn't um, made himself known as being um, involved. Yeah, in what, happened, what happened was De- um, Detroit had a, had a tricky tackle-eligible play ready, and Dan Campbell went to the officials to explain it. Brad Allen wasn't in that meeting. It was only the other officials. But when you watch, when you watch it, and and the re- it's like the Zapruder film, the the you know the various angles that were available are now being replayed. What they did was through the game they had been sending Dan Skipper, who's their third tackle, in eligible a couple of three times maybe. So what they did in this one was Decker comes out of the huddle. Because you can see Goff telling him. Tell him, yeah. You you clearly see he tells him to go make yourself. Decker comes out with Sewell, and they both go up to Brad Allen. And you can also see Decker pointing to his number, you know, gesturing to his number. So he's obviously telling Allen he's eligible. But Allen's busy looking at his watch because he wants to know when he's going to restart the clock for the extra, um, the play clock for the extra point. Meanwhile, Skipper comes running in. And Skipper joins this confab as Allen's leaving and does not report eligible. I can't believe they're all lying, right? It doesn't look like he says a word to anybody. But he comes in, and you can see Allen just glance back. And in Allen's mind, Skipper is the guy who reports. So he goes over and tells Dallas 70 is eligible, even though 68 is the guy who has said, I'm going to be eligible. And Just to be clear Lions, with people, they announced it in the stadium as well, I mean, yeah, from what but, I remember I mean, from the games I'm at. And you saw a lot of people saying, so what? Because they, they could hear it on the stadium. Players do not listen to stadium announcements. True, you know, true. They, it's, it's white noise for them. Um, they're not paying any attention at all. They listen to the referee. So even though Brad Allen was completely wrong, you couldn't really give them the play because he had told, you know, the Cowboys were told the wrong guy was eligible. So they defended him. So you know, the play worked, but it would be wrong to, to give it to them because Dallas would be penalized. So what happens, you said it, um, Allen lies <laughs> or says what his recollection is. Um, they made some terrible calls right before that play. Too. Oh, the I trip, mean, these guys yeah. Were, 
that trip was ridiculous, you know. The trip but, was bad. So one, what yeah. the NFL's dealt with it by assigning Brad Allen to the Pittsburgh Baltimore game, which is arguably <laughs> the biggest game of the week. I saw that he got that. Yeah, there you go, mate. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. how they deal with. That's how they deal with that. Dean but, Blandino know, says that. He said that he said a lot on Good Morning NFL, but uh, one of the things he said is that when it does, when it's like that, that everyone should slow down. Like that, uh, that obviously uh, he knows his last play, but the clock wasn't running. Uh, like that, that it's the last. Everyone should double check. The referees should double check. They know what's happening, but the player Decker should also be like, "Hey, I'm. Did you get that? I'm. Uh, did you guys get that?" And the referees. Need to not be looking at their watches Impossi and walking away. Impossible, yeah, impossible. You know, once he, because the way the play was, the play was designed to fool the Cowboys into covering the wrong guy, and to go out. If Decker comes out of the huddle and says, "Hey, me," that implies a that he's heard the announcement, which he hasn't, or b he knows what what Allen has said to the other team, which he doesn't. And see if he did those two, one of those two things, it would ruin the play. That mm -hmm. was why Campbell went and explained what they were going to do. The play's designed to fool the Cowboys into thinking the wrong guy's eligible. The only person it fooled was Brad Allen. Yeah, it's just unfortunate, right? Because so, a, it was such a big game. It's going to be a huge win for the Lions, I and mean, as we saw over the course of the weekend, where that would have put them. Um, yeah, I, I actually also believe that Campbell was not going to play overtime. Yeah, I, I, think so too, wanted, by the way. I don't yeah. think he. I don't think he wanted to play overtime. I think you know we'll win it or lose it. But but I'm not going to let make these guys play another quarter. Okay, well we put a pin in that. I'm sure we might bring it up in our in our Super Bowl show or or something like that. But um, yeah, it's, it, there's just been one or two this season. There always are, but I suppose that one's going to be tough, and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Um, I saw someone say, and it was actually about football uh, with Jota's incredible dive. Um, that uh. The time between football is only just to talk about how bad referees are now. So we don't want to get bogged into that. But like, yeah, it's just with with so many camera angles, with so many officials, you would and that the, the, the play was explained pre-game. Um, you would expect that they're sort of on the ball. But hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Baltimore Ravens um, uh, half uh, half nine on Saturday. It's eight to fifteen about the Steelers. The Ravens are six to four. Uh, minus 3.5 is the Steelers' uh, uh, handicap, and 36.5 is the over-under. So, John Bath, the Baltimore Ravens um, are the best team in football, or one of them, but they're getting points now. You, are you telling me that the reason that is is because Lamar Jackson will be sitting with a coat on him for this whole game? Well, potentially. Um, I think that this, this is one of those games where, look, Ravens have nothing to play for. They're they're the top seed. That's that's done. That's done and dusted. And I agree that I think they are at the moment anyway the best team in the NFL. And you know you want if you're going to be the best team in the NFL at any point of the season, you want it to be the best team in the NFL at the end of the season, right? So uh, the Steelers, coincidentally, have uh, they're they're the only team in this game that has something to play for. But I think this is one of those games where you can't you don't necessarily back the team that's going into the game with the intentions of winning to continue their season. I think that this Ravens team will just be too strong for a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team who have, you know, not been good this season, but I think it was, most people would still say have surpassed expectations. And we said it time and time again on the show. It's that, that's down to Mike Tomlin, keeping this team again above 500. Whatever happens, they'll finish above 500 this season for the umpteenth year in a row, 15 years in a row, or whatever it is at this stage which is a great, great credit to him. But even 
a Lamar Jackson-less Baltimore Ravens can win this because who's the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback? They're essentially playing a backup as well, you know? So there's no real great advantage for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in Baltimore, even against a second-string Baltimore Ravens uh, quarterback. I just think the Ravens will be far too strong for them. And uh, I think this team are just too good not to take them, even at uh, minus three and a half in this one. I think they can, they can win this one pretty handily. John, yeah. can I ask you, do you believe that Kenny Pickett refused to back up Mason Rudolph at the weekend though that that was not just a, a rumor that was literally what came out of well yeah. sources from the Steelers he is denying it he is denying it but well, it, yeah, no it, smoke without fire as the French would say that's true Kieran they the French would say that I suppose but uh yeah I would not be surprised to hear that as well but I don't know if you're you know he hasn't really uh, lit the world on fire to continue your metaphor a little bit there Kieran so far this season so I think if you're if you're a player in his position who hasn't really shone this year, you're not going to want to create too much hassle behind the scenes. I'd say you just do what what the coach says in this one. But either way, I don't think um, it's going to make much of a difference in this one individual game against the against the best team in the league. If they if they were playing somebody else, if they're playing somebody a bit more forward end, further down the the rankings ladder, I would say they have a chance. But this Ravens team is too good, regardless of who's under center for the Steelers. You know, and I couldn't figure that story out because, you know, if I were Kenny Pickett, I'd keep my mouth shut, you know. Yeah, he's only 25. He's got plenty. Everyone gets second or third chances in this NFL. Yeah, and, and it's not like he's been mis, you know, it's not like he's been misjudged. You know, he, he is he is the way he's played. Rudolph's won two games in a row, um, which surprised me, This the second one, uh, although they beat Seattle by running through them, basically. They ran all over Seattle. But Rudolph's also got the ball to George Pickens, who was another head case on the Steelers. Um, yeah, you know, better, a few, than all right. Pickett, better than Pickett was able to. I don't think they can run the ball on Baltimore regardless of who's playing, at least not the way they did against Seattle. And I think to me, that's the biggest story in this game. Harbaugh tries to get cute sometimes, but given that they've got next week off, I think there's less pre- There's no, there's there's less pressure not there's less pressure not to play the guys. You can, you know, you you always have the injury risk and in, in all of the Monday morning quarterbacks will sit there and say, well, he, you know, you shouldn't have played and he would wouldn't have got injured. But on the other hand, they're a team that's really in form and you don't want to lose that form. Yeah. You know, I, I think John's at, at, at worst, they play them in the first half and see how, and see how they're going. I, I quite agree with him. I'd probably stay away the bets for this, but Baltimore getting points, it's awfully hard to resist. Um, Mike, did you watch Michigan um, on New Year's day? Did you see any of the no. game? So no. Jack Harbaugh was on after the game. He is uh, 84 years of age. He is still yes. officially the assistant head coach at Michigan, supposedly. Really? Wow. He is. John and Jim are very much the spit of that man. And he oh, yeah. seems like for 84 years of age, he has a lot of spirit, shall we say. There's a yeah. rumor. I was told by someone this week uh, that they still get into fist fights at family parties. The brothers. Be surprised? Are you kidding? It's like, like me and my brother at Thanksgiving when we used to go out and play touch football, and we were at my we were at my uncle's house in Chelmsford, Massachusetts, and we went out on Thursday morning and organized a touch football game with his neighbors and stuff like that. And by the time my brother and I had got through fist fighting, most of them had left. <laughs> they didn't want to be involved. Happy the Thanksgiving, brothers. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it, it was good game. Interesting. Was good game. Harbaugh has hired an agent. Um, he's hired Don Yee, who's Tom Brady's agent. 
um, which says to me that he's leaving Michigan and going to the NFL. Well, he's leaving under a, there's a bit of a cloud there as well. Let's well, be yeah. honest. Yeah, you might as well, you know, might as well get out before they say NCAA will have some strict sanctions. Yeah. <laughs> You'll only be uh, allowed 92 scholarships instead of 93. <laughs> but uh, every team does what he's been accused of doing. It was like when the Saints got done for Bounty Gate and you were like, don't they all do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same uh, thing. It's the, well, the Patriots Spygate uh, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but uh, also we'll have two Harbaugh's in the in the NFL next season. That's something to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> the Houston Texans take on the Indianapolis Colts at sixteen minutes past one, uh, five past five past five to six. <laughs> it's the Houston Texans. The Colts are even money. One point five is the spread. Forty seven point five is the over under. Johnny B, you gotta yes, be sir. staying up for this, don't you? you be this is one that. This is one of the yeah you would you would like the winner gets a playoff spot winner might even win the division and the loser goes home. This is one of those in, one of the more enticing games on the uh, on the schedule this week, isn't it? Um, how will it go? I mean, if this were reversed, if this was the t- if this was if this game was in Houston, I'd be all over the Texans, and I still might be. I'm kind of going to talk myself in or out of this in the next couple of minutes, but I think the Texans are a better team overall. Than Indianapolis Colts, or perhaps maybe it's just because I'm so high on, on CJ Stroud. I think he's a great player, and he's got something going with Nico Collins, which I think is a is a focal point of their offense. And they managed to sort of, you know, override the loss of Tank Dell, which could have been a big blow for them whenever that was about three or four weeks ago. So they they they've sort of maintained that, and you know, Stroud hit the hit the ground running when he came back in from injury as well. So you know, that's the uh, the consensus pick for rookie of the year. I think we'd all agree on that one. So tech, the, the problem is Houston haven't been tremendous on the road so far this year. They're three and four, which is, I mean, I suppose it's not terrible, but that's not necessarily playoff standard either, but they've been, they've been fantastic at home. But last week, Stroud coming back, they beat Tennessee 26-3 just to show that they're, you know, a well-old offense when he's running things. So I think I'd be leaning towards the Houston Texans in this particular one. Like a 1.5 spread is essentially kind of a pick in this one, really. And I just think that if 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 Houston can keep a lid on Jonathan Taylor and keep that Colts running game, you know, to less than eighty or ninety yards, you you know, you'd, you'd be you'd be like, yeah, absolutely, the Texans will win. But right now, I'm leaning Texans, but I can kind of be talked out of that, I suppose. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. But the interesting thing to me is that on Monday, the early line on this was Houston was getting one point five. And by Tuesday night, that had changed to, to 1.5 to Indy, which which leads me to think that Houston was getting that early support and the, and the bookies reacted. Indy won. They had a big lead and they tried hard to blow it against Las Vegas uh, last week. And Taylor didn't do very much. Vegas held him in check. Um, and I think that is the key to the game. And I think Houston's a better defensive team than Las Vegas. I think Ryan's has done a really good job um, with um, with their defense. So I, I like Houston in this one, uh, even on the road. Um, and um, it's a big over under as well, isn't it? Forty seven five is that's that's quite a large one. Yeah, um, I agree with that too. And you know, and and I think uh, Kevin Stefanski's case for being uh, coach of the year probably falls if Houston if Houston wins this one. Um, I think it's completely over and. D'Amico Ryans is going to be the coach Suck of the it, year. Suck mm-hmm. it, It'll probably just be Dan Campbell after all this, you know? You know, not that he doesn't deserve it, but, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. probably, you know, Sean McVay, Stefanski, 
um, and Ryan's are probably the Ryan are probably the the three top contenders, and the the other two have the advantage over Stefanski in that nobody thought their teams would be good, um, which is always a huge factor in in choosing coach of the year. Um, the six o'clock games, so much, uh, so much to look forward to. Falcons at Saints, Browns at Bengals, Jags at Titans, Bucks at Panthers, Jets at Patriots, Vikings at Lions. We're going to start. With the You're game. looking forward to seeing the Falcons? I'm, yes, we're going to start with the Falcons. How <laughs> did you know, Mike? Damn you. Atlanta Falcons are at the New Orleans Saints. It's 11 to 8. The Falcons, the New Orleans Saints were 6 to 10, three points spread. 42.5 is the over under. John, I'll go to you first again. Mm-hmm. What, what are the Falcons? I don't think anybody really knows. And I'd say the same thing. I'd say almost the same thing about the Saints. You know, like these are two teams. The NFC South hasn't particularly shone this year. They're all kind of falling over each other to try and make the playoffs, you know? And uh, it, it's still, I still think it's a crapshoot. You might as well just roll the dice on this one. Like, the Falcons can actually still win this division and take a, a it'll, if results go their way, they obviously have to beat the Saints. And there's one other, if one other team uh, gets a victory yeah. as well, I think if Tampa lose to Carolina, I think, which let's say that's probably yeah. not going to happen. But um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, listen. I don't know. This New Orleans Saints team, they're not the obviously not the powerhouse that they were, let's say, four or five seasons ago, but they're still they're still a damn good defense and they can put up some points in the right circumstances. And a Falcons team on the road in a division game, I wouldn't necessarily think they're gonna do it, but you know, stranger things have happened. The Falcons do have some good offensive players and some good offensive talent up there. So I wouldn't be hugely shocked, but right now I think you'd have to to go for the Saints. But I think this is going to be one of those, like the over-under in this game is 42-5. I think this will be one of those sort of tactical battles. They'll, both of these teams will, have, will be game-planned to the nine. So I'd be looking at the under in this one, and I think that's probably the way to go. Ooh, Mike, really? I'll go to you, because I, I disagree with John. I think the Falcons will beat the Saints. Do you reckon? Really? Yeah, um, yeah I do. I, yeah. I, I agree with John. I think the Saints are a oh. good defensive team, a better defensive team than Atlanta. I think Atlanta, they can have a big game. It's possible, because they've got some explosiveness but they don't tend to take advantage of that you know they um and their line their line hasn't been good they were horrible against chicago their defense was horrible against chicago and Derek carr is not justin fields fields you know had probably the best game i've seen him play mm-hmm. um you know passing is in particular but they also khalil herbert ran right through atlanta's atlanta's defense and you know, the, I agree. The thing I agree with John is, is I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think it's it's tactical. Carr is going to throw a lot of short passes. Um, I, is it going to be Ritter or or is it going to be Tyler Heineke? Heineke. I don't think it makes much difference. You know, the, there's not going to be a lot of offense in it, and, and I think three points is not going to be enough for Atlanta to win it. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll agree to disagree. I won't make them my best bet. Look, we're going to do Bears-Packers, and we're going to look at Bills-Dolphins, and we might have a little sneak at Rams-49ers. Mike, anything else in the 6 o'clock games that catch your eye? I mean, do you want to talk about Jets-Patriots? Do you dare talk about them? Is it Bills' the, last the over, stand? The over-under on that game is 30.5, which is I think it? is Good the lowest it's um, the, yeah. the lowest one that we've encountered. Um, I thought the pay, you know, look at the Patriots. When we talk about the Bills, think about what the Bills did against the Patriots, which was zero. Their offense was horrible. New England should have won that game. But, you know, Bailey Zappi and Pharaoh Brown took care of that in the first half, giving the ball away, um, which is New England's story of the season. So I I don't know what was the what's the line on that one now? 
Is New England uh, getting points? Yeah, so the Patriots, uh, no, the Jets are getting two. It's a 2.5 spread with the Patriots. Jets are getting two and a half. Okay, it stayed that way, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really tempted to take New England over that just based on their defense. Um, but 30.5 is so low. You know, my, it's um, kind of like my brain says take it, but my yeah, my, same here. My, 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 my gut says no, nah, you can't. You know, they got to score. The, when the was... two of them could come. Fine for nine to three, you know. Um, I remember the the Jets' record against the Patriots. I, I do remember them beating them around Christmas time, like five six years ago. But realistically, it's it's a pretty poor record. Oh, the Jets in, in Foxborough, yeah, in Foxborough, they haven't won in yeah a long time. I think it's eighteen years since they won. I, I think I heard that on the NFL Network the other day, and I was like, oh, that's a long time. Um. Yeah, uh, the uh, half nine game that uh, we're going to look at. The, well, the first one is the Bears at the Packers. Eleven to eight about the Chicago Bears. The Green Bay Packers is six to ten. Three points is spread. Forty four point five is the over under. Gentlemen, here you are on the air. I said that that Jordan Love was a really good quarterback that no one seemed to notice was a really good quarterback. Are people starting, Mike, to slightly now notice that this guy actually is good? Yeah, he's good. Um... And he had, again, he's another guy who probably had the best game of his career um, against Minnesota last week. Uh, you know, one of the things, the key to me in that game was that Green Bay, Joe Barry's defense finally stopped somebody. And I think familiarity had something to do with that. I think they knew what Minnesota was likely to do against them. Also, Minnesota, for some reason I can't understand, played the the rookie uh, Hall the third string quarterback is a starter instead of Nick Mullins, you know, and I know Nick Mullins is going to turn the ball over a couple of three times a game, but still he gives you a better chance to win than this kid did. He was hopeless in the, in the first half. And I think that was a, a crucially bad decision. Um, I assume Mullins will be back in against Detroit in the early game. And although that one doesn't really matter, I think that'll actually be played for a lot of points in the over and that one might be good. Um, but I really like Green Bay here. I think that was a really good game for them. They know Chicago. Um, they can probably keep Fields in check. And in fact, their defenses might be better suited to keep Fields in check than most because they play kind of a cautious holding holding kind of game uh, with Joe Barry. So, you know, I think at home this is one for Green Bay to win. Um, three point spread doesn't scare me too much, uh, in this either. Yeah, goes a push, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, John, are you on the love train? Uh, that's a good way, but I'm more on the I'm more on the fields train. If that's a that's not really a phrase though, but um, yeah, no. I think I kind of I agree with a lot of what Mike has said there, but I'm kind of actually leaning a little bit in the opposite direction. I think the Bears could potentially play spoiler here. This might be one of those games where. Like you know, Green Bay are playing to get into the playoffs. The Bears are dead in the water, so they don't have much to much to do here. But again, division rivalry game, and sometimes you know teams love to play spoiler. And I think Chicago would really like to do that. The the the, diff, the key here will be if Justin Fields can continue that. Like that partnership with DJ Moore is legi- is legitimately good, particularly last weekend. Remember that DJ Moore pass when he kind of caught it over his over his own shoulder. Like that was yeah. that was just they're, they're, those guys are really really shining at the moment. And crucially, I think what might be one of the big factors in this game as well is the Bears' defense has come to life in the last, I don't know, five to six weeks, I guess, and it's kind of playing like more of the traditional Chicago Bears' defense that we've kind of had to that we've seen over the last few decades. 
So I think the Bears are, are, are a live, live underdog in this one, and I would not be surprised if they uh, if they send the Packers packing. Ooh. Would you trade? Would you trade DJ Moore for Bryce Young? Mm, like straight up. How about if I throw in four draft? Picks? Yeah, exactly. Uh, throw in something there. No, I probably like the well. The, obviously, the uh, the Bears are going to have a big decision to make in the draft time. They've got the first pick in the draft, and there's those two QBs uh, at the top. Do they stick with Fields? Is he the guy? Do they give a big contract in a year or two, or do they just kind of reset and get the new hot rookie QB? That'll be interesting to see in the next few months. Guarantee yeah, they pick I the think... wrong option. <laughs> Whatever they pick, they have to they have to stay with Fields, and you know, and and the argument will be that we can build a better team around him if we use those draft picks. I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade out of number one, and, you know, yeah. go down to go down to like three or four and try to get Marvin Harrison or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I assume Ed- Eberflus is probably going to be back for another year. I believe um, so. Yeah. Not 100% sure, but if they're going to stick with Fields, I would think they would stick with Everflus. Okay. Um, we'll have a look at some of the, the other games in a moment, but I suppose we, we should go to the biggest game of the weekend, arguably, um, which is a really interesting one to be talking about right now. So it's the Bills of the Dolphins, 13 to 20 about the Bills. The Miami Dolphins are 5 to 4, 9 to 10 with a three point spread. 49.5 is the over under. Ah, uh, God. Uh, John, it's it's a hard game to kind of talk about right now because the permutations of this are not laid out for us as we speak now on the 3rd of January. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It, it, you, you mentioned already, I suppose, the the crucial thing is here. Like the Buffalo Bills have been pretty – they've sort of overcome what was a very, very dodgy start to the year to become, you know, one of the better teams in the AFC, uh, particularly led by Josh Allen. So he's always going to be good. But the um, yeah, they're, they're playing to either get into the playoffs or go home, which is an interesting one. So it's it's effectively a playoff game already for the Buffalo Bills. So you'd imagine that they'll be they'll be as locked in as as you could be. But it could be a bit of a trap game too because with the the over unders, it's uh, did you say forty nine five? Is it still forty nine five for the yeah, the over under? Yeah, yeah, we expected so the points. Yeah, so that like you know, if this game was taking place a couple of weeks ago. I'd be more confident of that of this one hitting the hitting the over, but sort of similar to one of the games we talked about a little bit earlier on. This could be a very very game planned sort of sixty minutes on the field with the both teams trying to limit the other team from getting possession as much as possible and just keeping the clock ticking and just and just getting getting over the line. So I think this is a big big candidate for the under with the with the forty nine five. I'd even be saying the under if it was like you know forty four forty five as well. So. I think um, that's where I'm leaning on this one as well. But the only thing that I, that's kind of talking me out of that a little bit is the um, the Dolphins having lost like they've lost a couple of players, but particularly Bradley Chubb, who's an important player for them, and seeing their edge and putting pressure on on the quarterback. That that should, in theory, give Josh Allen a little bit more time to pick his throws. So that could that could translate to points. But right now, I'm still looking at the under 49.5. Yeah, and Xavier Howard um, is probably out. Um, yeah, it's the Dolphins thing. don't have to rest because they've got everybody out anyway. Um, you know, and I think guys like Howard will will definitely not play. Um, you know, because Miami's got to look ahead to the the playoffs. They've got nothing to gain by by winning. Um, so I wouldn't even be surprised if Tua sat at, you know quite early in this in this game. And then the only problem betting wise is you know does Buffalo try to run up a score? on them you know um can miami's defense do what new england's defense did early you know and beat them up up front and stop them from running and take digs out of the game and it's the last few weeks digs has been taken out of the game by everybody who's played so you know that's that's my i i think the best bet here is probably 
to take the under um, for sure. Not probably for sure. Yeah. I think the best mm. bet here is to take the under and probably the bills um, giving the points, but I'm less sure about that. Cause it's just hard. It's hard to tell, you know, how, how long the holdout will be. I think the bills win this, but I think Miami in the end, you know, just doesn't have the horses at the moment to keep up with them. It'll be a, you know, and they'll be holding back for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big things to come. Um, uh, it's a perfect opportunity to remind people of our offer on the NFL, which is uh, Bet5 on Bet Builders and get a five free bet. There are terms and conditions to that offer. You can read them in the description of this podcast, but a nice little offer for you on the old NFL. Guys, I'll let you think about your um, best bets while I do a little rant, Mike, in that I really don't like what the Broncos are doing to Russell Wilson. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think it, I, I think it's something that the NFL also need to look at in terms of how these things are manipulated. Um, we have talked a bit about Russell Wilson um, about last season, how he's poor, but see, it seemed to be a little bit more rosy, but essentially benching a healthy player when you still have a chance of getting to the playoffs i don't know it it stinks a little bit to me and 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 i just wonder why shit like that is allowed to happen well i you know sean payton would argue back that he thought jared stidham gave them you know just as uh, just as good or not better a chance and he won they won the game so what did they you know you can't you can't make a case that losing russell wilson hurt them hurt them at all. Um, and if you think Russell's been mistreated, go back to when he, when he was traded from Seattle to Denver and he didn't, wouldn't sign unless they renegotiated his contract. So to say that, you know, you can't, you can't make a player do this or that is, is kind of hypocritical. You know, we, it happens all the time in the NFL. It's a ruthless business. It's a ruthless business more than it's a sport. Um, and, you know, obviously Peyton has decided he gave it a chance. He's decided Wilson, he doesn't need Russell Wilson to run his offense. Um, he's not doing it particularly well. And they can't afford to keep Russell Wilson at the price that he's currently going to get. It kills their salary cap for two years. And I think he thinks that even if he can't get another quarterback, he would be better off building a team for one year around J- Jason Stidham and, or somebody else, you know, who's not a Russell Wilson um and then take his chances to set in the next year and i think i agree with him if i were if i were in his position i'd probably want to do the same thing and i think there's going to be a couple of other guys leaving denver who carry fairly large cap charge charges and and people were saying all summer you know like jerry judy's gone because he's Cortland sutton's going to be gone because they count too much against the salary cap well it's even more so at the end of the season you know and i don't think you can blame peyton for doing that um, well, do you, you think that they've the handled it very well then? Well, well maybe that. Well, the NFLPA, the NFL well, Players Association, they have said that uh, the way that they've done it, which essentially was that they threatened to bench him if he didn't agree to dr- adjust his contract, is illegal and vi- violates collective bargaining that the NFL and the NFLPA have done. So, like, what they've done is wrong. To say, if you don't do what we say, yeah, you're not I, playing. I, I understand that. Um, they didn't just say we're benching you. You're not the guy, Russell. We're going to move you on yeah. in the summer. They said, sit down, take less money, and shut up. Yeah, but they basically now what they've done is benched him so he won't get hurt. 
Yes, because if he if he gets hurt, they have it's to, a lot of money. They have to guarantee his his twenty twenty five contract. Um, and if he doesn't, they can get out of that and only have to pay him an injury settlement, which is like nine million or something. Thirty seven million. If he was, if he was, if they, yeah. the guaranteed yeah. money and is a lot it, of money. I no, think no it's question. nine. I think it's nine million if he's not, um, because it, that part of the contract was guaranteed. Um, yeah, they might be able to do, but what's the players' association going to do? You can't make a coach play a player. Yeah, you know, that's, if that's if it were something like sitting the guy in week eight, eighteen, because if he gains twelve yards rushing, he's going to get a million dollar bonus. That's one thing, you know. But see, I think I don't know, and we'll go to the best bets. But I just think it's it's got the Sean Payton ick about it. It's, yeah, it's absolutely, got, it's absolutely. Got the, it's yeah. got the bounty yeah. gate. It's got Agreed. the stuff he did at the Saints where he destroyed yeah. them because, and then he left them. Um, and now he's come to the Broncos and he's like, he's he's brought the ick with him. You know, yeah. this this could have been handled yeah. a lot, lot better. Um, yeah. Of course, Russell Wilson, 35. He's he never should have, yeah, he never should have said a word to him about renegotiating the contract. Mm. You know, no, as just, a coach especially. Just, yeah. just I mean, let it let it run out and where, then just in the yeah, offseason yeah. be like, look, you're gone. Where does he go, by the way, guys? Just real quick. Oh, I mean, well, Russell should probably on... retire, shouldn't he? Maybe probably. I think um, he, he could get a job in Atlanta pretty easy. I'd say it depends on the contract. If he's willing to play for a Daniel Jones, um, Geno Smith kind of contract, which is you know around thirty million a year, yeah, twenty twenty eight. I would take that was, thirty with just one year and maybe the second year guaranteed. You know, at the end of the season, something like that. Uh, there'd be a lot of teams who would like him. Atlanta would be a good a good fit for him. Actually, would Seattle take him back? That's a really good question. That's a really interesting, you know, has Gino really played well enough? Yeah. You know, they brought Bobby Wagner back. Yeah, um, yeah. And if, just imagine, just real quick, imagine if they did take it back, how good that trade would look for Seattle, the fact that they still have <laughs> Russell Wilson, all here's those the, players, all those draft picks. Here's the, here's the team we built around you after you left. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 that would be interesting. I do, yeah, I mean, he should... Should and getting on to another player, um, I would wonder if uh, this is the last season we'll see of Travis Kelsey. I, I have heard rumors that he has decided this might be his last. Well, he could go into acting or music or you know, podcasting. He's a triple threat, yeah. actually. Yeah. As you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you love it, but actually, the Kelsey Brothers podcast is pretty good, yeah. It is. It's pretty good. Uh, let's do our best bets, guys. We went on segways okay, there. You know, pretty much about how much I don't like Peyton. Because we, we are the NFC South of um, best bets. And that is a great... <laughs> because, com- it's my favorite yeah. of the yeah, because comments. right now, right now, having taken last week off, much to my chagrin, because I had yeah, a Mike wanted to do it, by the way. Mike wanted to do best bets, people, and put them out on Twitter. Yeah, mm. We could have. You know, we could have just G- emailed them out or posted them up on the site. And, but anyways, could've. the way it stands right now is is um, John, John Balf is the um, New Orleans Saints at 8-8. <laughs> Oh dear! And Good Lord. I, I am, I am the, um, well, I should be the Tampa, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I should be about anything. Well, no, because the Bucks let me down. They're eight and eight as well, and and Kieran is sitting in the middle um, as the Atlanta Falcons, but with eight wins, seven losses, and a push, which could be crucial as we come down. It's going to the, be crucial to the playoff wire, you know. So it's all the three of us are within one game, which is right. Yeah, Who's going to go first? 
Uh, Jump up. Well, you can go first. You can go okay, first. Okay, like we it's no the last volunteers. Game. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna we won't go, go too deep because we discussed it just a few minutes ago, but I'm gonna go to the Bill Dolphins game and I think the uh the under forty nine point five is probably the most attractive bet for me this week. Yeah. The Undertaker My- is joining you um on that game. No, on mm-hmm. Atlanta New on um Houston, Indianapolis at forty seven five. Yeah, that's a good okay. one too. Um I'm gonna take the Packers minus three. In a game we covered. Um, so there, take that, John Bath. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, once again, before we go, a little reminder for those of you um, who are pretty much thinking of backing teams that are winning in, kind of, because I do know that's a popular ACA. Uh, Bucks, Packers, Jags, Colts, Texans, and Bills, um, they all stand on that. Um, I mean, the must win is not a truly quantifiable angle in the handicap of those games, I suppose. But but that is the, the winning-in scenario for those guys. Um, and that is it. It's the last uh, red zone this weekend, guys. We'll be saying adieu to Scott yeah, Hansen for a couple Scott of months. Scott Hansen back into cryosleep for another eight months. He'll get to have a normal Sunday dinner. Um, yeah. And after that, it'll, 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 it'll be wildcard weekend, and then we're on. So so really is the business end of things. Um, hopefully we get a good week 18. Hopefully all your bets win over the weekend. A reminder, of course, to please do gamble responsibly. And don't forget, um, if uh, football only better every Friday, racing only better also out on uh, Thursday evenings and a whole plethora of other shows available on the network. So do subscribe to the channel or check out the new YouTube channel as well. Um, my thanks to Mike Carlson, my thanks to John Bath, and my thanks to you for listening and joining us in the first show of 2024. Have a very prosperous new year and we will speak to you next week. Bye for now.